Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of Palpable Paranormal Experiences. Today, we have some more real-life ghost stories and experiences that we are going to be reading and talking about. Welcome to Palpable Paranormal Experiences, a show centered around telling the common man's ghost stories. As always, these stories that I am reading are posted by users on the Ghost Stories subreddit, a subreddit for people to post about their real-life paranormal experiences. The first real-life ghost story that we are going to be reading today is titled The Old Farmhouse, and it was posted by user adventurous underscore season 12. When I was about seven or eight, my family moved into an old farmhouse in Virginia. I have a little brother. My brother is three years younger than me, so he was around four or five at the time. This house had an upstairs, which had two rooms. My brother and I were very excited about this, since we always had to share a room. He picked the room to the left of the stairs. It was nice, but in the corner of his room, it had a tiny door that led to a small attic. It gave me an eerie feeling, so I couldn't understand why he would pick that room, but he was hell-bent on that being his room. I took the room to the right, which had a little window that looked out over the farm. It was great. We set our rooms up and unpacked. Fast forward to a few weeks later, my mom decided it was time for us to take a nap. In my room, of course. For context, I had a little red rocking chair with Dalmatians with my name painted on it. It was the cutest. I had outgrown it though, since it was made for me when I was a toddler. Well, when we went to lay down for our nap, everything was fine. Then, out of nowhere, my brother started freaking out and screaming, clinging to my mother for dear life. My mother tried to soothe him, but nothing was helping. She asked my brother what was wrong. My brother pointed to the rocking chair and said, There's a little girl in Sissy's chair, and she doesn't want us up here. He was so unconsolable that my mom had to bring us downstairs. That is the first time the entity made herself known. I never saw her, but I'd always feel her presence or have nightmares about her. The weird thing was, is that I'd only see her in my dreams if I was in my room sleeping. So that quickly turned into my brother and I sleeping in my mom's bed. Most of the time, she would target my brother, so he never stayed in his room. One night, my mom talks me and my brother into sleeping in my bed upstairs to have a break. We only agreed to do it if we could leave the room light on, she agreed. Well, we fall asleep. I wake up in my room. I'm alone. Everything is the same, but I'm alone. Something is telling me to get up and go to the window. I don't know why, but I do. As soon as I get to the window, I see the little girl run to the side of the house and start crawling up the side to my window. Remember, I'm on the second floor. I'm startled awake before she can reach me, and I sit up in my bed and realize I'm reliving my dream. I'm panicking, staring at the window, and again, something is telling me to go over to it. But instead, I dart down the stairs to my mom's room and find my brother laying on the floor near the end of my mom's bed. We didn't say much to each other besides agreeing we felt safer near mom. I learned years later that my brother had the same dream that night. Fast forward a couple years later, we moved to a new home. We had to share rooms again, but we were fine with that. We were scared from all the years of dealing with this entity. We thought we would finally have some peace, but we were wrong. Shortly after moving, the same stuff started happening again. This time, I actually saw her. It was dark out, and my mom needed something from her car. 
I tell her I'll get it. As soon as I retrieved what she needed from the car, I turn toward the house to go back in, but I look over into the field next to our house and see her appear and disappear. Every time she reappeared, she was closer. I never ran so fast in my life. I ran into the house hysterical. I told my mom and stepdad, and they were obviously concerned. Mom didn't believe she had followed us to the new house, but now she did. We made the conclusion that she attached herself to my rocking chair. So we moved again, and when we did, we left my rocking chair at that house. And since then, we haven't seen her, and I haven't dreamed about her. Growing up after this, I always wondered if she was an evil entity or a demon in disguise. So I often find that a lot of ghost stories involve spirits attaching themselves to inanimate objects, specifically ones that children often use or are emotionally attached to. I have heard countless ghost stories told from a parent's perspective that start with children having an imaginary friend that turns out to be a spirit that is talking to them and trying to take advantage of them and their innocence. I wonder if maybe malevolent spirits purposely attach themselves to things that hold emotional value to children in order to gain some sort of power from this connection that the child has. I think that it could also be possible that a malevolent spirit would target a child because it is more common for an adult to just brush off any paranormal experience as their imagination, whereas children are more open-minded and innocent and willing to engage with the spirit. I feel as though also if a child comes to their parent saying that they have this friend that they talk to, you know, the parent is just going to just brush it off and think that the child is just playing pretend or it's all in their imagination when it could really be a spirit. So this could be another reason that a spirit could target a child. In this case specifically, it seems as though the spirit was more trying to scare the children than take advantage of them, since it portrayed itself as scary from the beginning. I wonder if maybe the spirit had attached itself to the chair because it had formed some sort of an emotional attachment to it as well and just wanted to be left alone, since it did not typically bother the children when they were not in the same room as it. I found a post on a blog called HD Paranormal that is written by someone that has been studying haunted objects for decades and they dive deeper into the reasons that a spirit may attach themselves to an object. The article says that by attachment, I believe the entity slash spirit slash energy has a non-physical, possibly emotional or spiritual attachment to a piece, either through prior ownership or a simple case of displacement where energy is transferred or absorbed by an object in the locality of a traumatic incident. So because of this, this can lead me to believe that maybe the spirit that was attached to this rocking chair wasn't always attached to the rocking chair because of an emotional connection to it specifically, but maybe in that old farmhouse that they were living in, that spirit was killed traumatically and they just had taken a liking to this rocking chair and ended up connecting themselves to it. The next story that we are going to be reading today was posted by user MorbidLydia77 and is titled The Warnings. She says, Due to the nature of my job, I will be changing the names of everyone involved and or affected by one of the most terrifying nights I've ever had. The things I'm about to share actually happened to me one night while at work. I am what's known as a personal care attendant or direct support worker. 
I work one-on-one -on -one with a disabled client. My client at the time was around 29 years old and in a freak accident three years prior. He was accidentally shot in the neck by a stray bullet when he was sitting outside on his grandpa's porch, leaving him a quadriplegic. I have worked for him for many years. He lived in my cousin's home with his four daughters. At that time, I worked from 5pm to 7am while my cousin was at work. I do everything my client is unable to do, like housework to cooking to daily tasks he needs help with, as well as taking care of his four kids. After I put all the kids to bed and got Nate settled for the night, I went through the house and made sure all the lights were turned off and all the doors were locked. They had a security system as well, but for some reason, I forgot to arm it at that time. It was about 10 o'clock at night when I went to my cousin's bedroom to watch a movie on my laptop before going to sleep. About an hour into the movie, I headed to the kitchen for something to drink. It was dark, but I'm used to the layout and didn't bother turning the lights on. When I heard a sound coming from the front door, I didn't immediately recognize. It was the doorknob rattling. I have experienced a lot of paranormal activity over the years in this house, and I peeked out to see if anyone was at the door and saw no one. So, I assumed it was just that. I checked all the doors and windows and made sure everyone was okay, and went back to the bedroom to finish my movie. After about 10 minutes, my laptop started acting up. It froze and was making a really strange high-pitched noise I'd never heard before. I restarted it, and it did it again. I shrugged it off and decided I was getting tired anyway, and thought about going to bed. I started to lie down when I heard footsteps in the hallway heading in the direction of the kids' room and the bedroom I was in. So, I got up and flipped the hall light on and peeked out the door into the hallway. No one. But, I again walked through the house checking on everybody and making sure everything was locked up. I started to feel very, very anxious at this point and knew I wouldn't be able to sleep now, so I turned the TV on and the volume down so I didn't disturb anyone when I heard a very familiar voice say my name. It sounded exactly like my dad except my dad passed nearly 10 years prior to this. I sat up and looked around the room. Again, no one. Now I'm thinking I'm not going to sleep at all. The activity was kicking up more than usual, so I decided to use the voice recorder to figure out what was going on. I captured the voice of a young boy. My client's children are all girls. After asking some questions, it sounded like he said, need to be careful. I tried to ask more questions, but I was so tired. Out of the corner of my eye, in the reflection of large picture frame, I saw something move. I also heard the movement and turned to look. I couldn't see anything in front of me, but I swear to God, I could see my uncle, who passed a few years prior, reflection in the glass of the picture frame. Then I heard him say, you can't go to sleep. I'm a paranormal investigator, and not a lot freaks me out but I'd never experienced this kind of activity before. It was close to 2 a.m. at this point, and almost three hours of constant unexplained activity. I decided I'd had enough, and I walked over to the nightstand, grabbed the remote to arm the security system, pushed the button to arm it, and thought, this is crazy, I need to just try to get some sleep. I had to be up in a few hours to get the girls ready for school. I stuck my knee on the bed, and at that exact moment, someone kicked in the back door to the house, which was located in the kitchen, and the security system went off. It was extremely loud, and lights were flashing all over the outside of the house. I grabbed my phone and ran towards the open back door. 
I didn't see anyone and dialed 911. One of my biggest fears is someone breaking in, and as I was on the phone, I was checking to make sure everyone was alright and there wasn't anyone actually in the house. My cousin called because the security system company had called him because of the alarm being triggered, and he had told them it was probably an accident. I told him, call them back, someone just kicked your back door in and I'm not turning this alarm system off until the police get here. We never found out who tried to break in the house, but you cannot convince me that all the paranormal activity I experienced that night was not a warning about what was going to happen that night. It was truly as if they were purposely doing things to get my attention so I wouldn't forget to set that alarm by keeping me awake. I'm not really afraid of the paranormal. It's the living I tend to worry about, and this is a perfect example of that. I find the idea that spirits can warn you of impending danger to be very interesting. Reading this story made me think that these spirits contacting her to give her these warnings quite possibly could have been her spirit guides. I have read into spirit guides a bit, and they can be any spiritual entity, but it is also common for them to be someone like a deceased loved one or ancestor. This would explain her seeing and hearing her late uncle giving her a warning. It is believed that everybody has spirit guides, just not everybody is in touch with them or as able to clearly communicate with them. The user that posted this mentioned that she is a paranormal investigator, which could explain why she was able to receive these messages from her guides so clearly and visualize them and even hear them clearly speak. Overall, it is clear that these spirits that contacted her were good-natured and trying to help her. In this episode, we read two vastly different stories of people having paranormal experiences. This contrast really helps to highlight the many different and varying types of spirits that exist in this world and the many different ways that they can interact with the living. Thank you for listening to Palpable Paranormal Experiences. I hope you join me next time to listen to some more real-life paranormal experiences.